0: Hi, this is Dan, and I'm Rachel, and this is Gay Gay with with the Bible. Bible. We're two queer social workers
1: working our way through the Bible.
0: We're not Christians. We're not experts. We're just a couple of gays trying to figure some stuff out. Real gays. Real Bible. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Dan. Welcome back, everybody. To Gay with the Bible episode three. Three. Really big news today. This is not Bible related at all. But we did find out that and just like that was renewed oh, for yeah. <laughs> season yeah. two. Yeah. So now we just who knows about Che. Yeah. And if they're coming back. So
1: how how do it's you Che
0: Watch 2022 is what I'm calling it.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they'll be back. It's either they're gonna come back or Miranda's gonna return from the- I think
0: there'll be a time leap.
1: Well, a time a time leap from Los Angeles. Yes. Right. Yes. Like
0: I think there will if they're if they're smart, uh the writers, there will be a time leap so that it's not like picking up no, right where it I don't left wanna off. see
1: any part of this pilot that Che Diaz is filming. No. no. Or do I?
0: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't wanna see it. I don't I just I don't know what's in store for Miranda, but I'm just hoping it's not Che.
1: Yeah, same. Fingers so crossed.
0: Those are my thoughts on that. Our question of the day came from a really, really big fan of yours, me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> ooh. And the question of the day is, what was the last book that you read?
1: So I'm actually in a book club and it's been on our break was very refreshing to actually have time to read my book club mm-hmm. books instead mm-hmm. of just the bible but we just got done reading trick Mirror by i think this is how you pronounce her name gia talentino it's like a bunch of collected essays about a lot of like feminism pieces and just like what it's like to be you know a woman living in 2022. It was written in, I think, 2017. So still very relevant. Had a great conver- conversation at the book club about it. Yeah. What about you? Oh, I think I saw you post about this on Instagram.
0: I did. I loved it. It's a nonfiction book by Liz Brown called Twilight Man yeah. Love and Rune in the Shadows of Hollywood and the Clark Empire. It's just like, it was this really epic read about this guy, this This couple is these guys who were, you know, having an illicit gay romance. The Clark family was like one of the huge, 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 rich families at the turn of the century. And the heir was carrying on this relationship with this man. And it, you know, you've got Hollywood, you've got. The Jazz Age. You've got Prohibition, gangsters, scams, Nazis, prisoners of war. Like this book, literally has everything. <laughs> it sounds like I'm making it up. So is but...
1: is it like based on a true story or? Yeah, it's okay. like a researched
0: nonfiction book with lots of notes. And yeah, I mean it is, but it is a page turner. Yeah, I loved it. I had, I zipped through that thing.
1: I love I love a good book.
0: Meanwhile, the other. <laughs> the other little this book pa- i've been reading this
1: page turner
0: <laughs> you ready i'm i'm ready so chapter 9 of exodus i feel like i have a lot of bullet points here and i'm like why because it's just the same thing that mm-hmm. we've been doing for the past 4 or 5 chapters but nonetheless i don't want anyone to feel like we left anything out so i'm going to i'm going to lay it out for you here buckle so in Same setup in general for several more wonders or plagues, if you're going with the colloquial term here. God tells Moses and Aaron to tell Pharaoh to let his people go or else. First time in this chapter when Pharaoh refuses God, he sends a deadly pestilence that kills all of the livestock. But God will make sure that the livestock for the Israelites is okay. Pharaoh's heart, however, remains hardened, and he will not let the Israelites go. Then the Lord instructs Moses and Aaron to take handfuls of soot from the kiln. God instructs Moses to throw it into the air, at which point it becomes a fine dust that covers the entire land and causes boils to fester on animals and humans alike. The boils even afflict the magicians who cannot stand before Moses. But the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart, and Pharaoh refuses to let the people go. God again instructs Moses to go to Pharaoh and demand that he let his people go. God says, tell him, look, I have had the power to destroy you and your people with pestilence and plagues in one fell swoop, but I have refrained from doing so. I have allowed you to live to show you my power. God then threatens Pharaoh with hail. The greatest hail Egypt has ever known. Hail with fire in its midst." Any person or animal left out in the fields will be killed. The officials of Pharaoh, who feared the Lord, hurried their livestock and slaves into shelter. The Lord instructs Moses to stretch out his hand toward heaven that hail may fall on all of the land of Egypt. Moses stretches out his hand and thunder and hail with flashes of fire in the midst of it come down. The hail kills every living thing that is out in the open field, plant, animal, and human. Now Pharaoh calls to Moses and says, This time I've sinned! The Lord is right! And me and my people are wrong. Pray to the Lord. Enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go. You don't have to stay any longer. Moses tells Pharaoh, I will stretch out my hand. The thunder, fire, and hail will cease. This way, you know that the earth belongs to the Lord. But still, I know you will not let our people go. Also, apparently there are still some good crops available. The thunder and hail cease. Pharaoh's heart hardens and he refuses to let the people go. I'm
1: really, I'm really impressed with that.
0: Yeah, mine was
1: not that exciting. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. You you did great. Um, there's something like in these chapters. There's a lot of like language with exclamation points. Like it's there's a lot of dramatic dialogue. I don't know if I
1: caught that. I find I think
0: I like would type it out in my summaries when I when I came across it. When I was Mm -hmm. like, girl, drama. My general impressions: this is just getting really ugly. Like these things are killing people. The hail, I don't know what the boils did, but the hail is now killing innocents. Yeah, for sure. Right? I Mm -hmm. don't think that anybody's died prior to this, or that hasn't been the goal. But this was like, uh, this hail's going to, I'm sending hail to kill you. Yeah, yeah. So with everything that's going on in the U- in in the ukraine and everything that we're hearing in the news about like this push push give in give in while i know that while reading the bible we're meant to be on god's side <laughs> i don't know right i, guess, but, I mean it yeah. feels really like majorly <laughs> yeah. aggressive and i'll i'll speak on that more yeah just i i want to root for the israelites but it's hard to root for anyone other than just the victims, who are just the people, mm-hmm. right? The, the people who I'm most concerned about right now are like the the Egyptian folks, sense. Yeah. yeah, the Egyptian folks, because we know it, the Bible's repeatedly telling us that the Israelites are okay. Like God's like set up this plan where they're not being affected, although it does get skipped over in a couple chapters. But, well, they, um, they're
1: being affected. They're enslaved right now, which sure. I think is easy yeah, to yeah. forget about mm. when, when all this yeah. is going down. They are enslaved right now, but I don't know that your common Egyptian really is has a lot of control over that at this point, point. Right. and they're the ones paying the price and not Pharaoh necessarily
0: yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for that reminder yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. It took me a minute to understand what flashes of fire were amidst the hail and then I was like, oh, it's lightning. Just good old good old fashioned. Yeah. Like I was I was picturing like hail and like fireballs coming down oh. at the same time, but then I realized like, oh no, this means lightning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my big question and I toyed with this in the in the last episode, but I just decided to dig into it here, this God-hardening Pharaoh's heart. This drives me nuts. I know. I
1: know it drives you nuts. I thought of you the whole time I was reading yeah, this.
0: Yeah, it drives me nuts. I, I I spoke about it last time. Like, what exactly does it mean? What it, is this? Is this the translation? Sometimes it says Pharaoh's heart is hardened. Sometimes it says God hardens Pharaoh's heart. I guess I wanted to research just to see if, like, maybe God wasn't being as awful as it I'm, sounds. I'm yeah, as it sounds, or i am <laughs> thinking he is. I didn't have to do a whole lot of digging because there was sort of like a nice little summary of the ideas from Slate from 2011 by somebody named Michael David Lucas. There's an article on Passover called Sympathy for the Pharaoh. Get it? Like sympathy for the devil. Mm -hmm. So sympathy for the Pharaoh. If God hardened Pharaoh's heart, was it fair to punish him? It's a great question. This is a very big and very old debate, right? of this what is this fair is this okay what's going and what is even going on here some people think the translation means that god is not necessarily saying i hardened his heart but he's saying i will show you how hardened his heart has become okay yeah i'm not i'm not i know i have the same but, face as you yeah. right now it also could be god's way of continuing to punish pharaoh by taking away his free will and thus making him continue to pay.
1: Is that supposed to be like a positive?
0: No. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it's. I don't think you know. I, I think we're supposed to not get like positive or negative about yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, but that's what it that's and that that makes the most sense to me of what it is. It's you're taking even if this guy logically is like, okay, yeah, this is crazy. That's enough. And then he like comes up to to Moses and is and says. He wants to say, yeah, let everybody go home, but he can't help but be like, No, you're they're all staying right here. Yeah. Right? It's extreme. It is extreme, but this is also in keeping with ancient stories, which we see in like Greek and in those types of tales where gods breathe feelings, actions, and thoughts into humans. So gods in Homer's epics will breathe courage mm. into the heroes. Sometimes they'll breathe cowardice into the heroes. The Greek myths are full of stories of the gods manipulating people into doing things. Sure, sure. And then the person actually does take the blame. Yeah. And the moral of the story even ends up being like she was wrong because she did that. Even though the God made her do it, yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of precedent for that kind of thing. Uh, sometimes it says God does the hardening. I said this earlier. Sometimes it says God does the hardening, and sometimes it's Pharaoh himself. These are different sources, as we see constantly Mm -hmm. these are different sources of the same story and they're probably pretty consistent with where they came from one source is framing God as a righteous God and one source is framing God as like a really powerful and unmerciful God sort of depending on which, which source got cobbled in there if it's the benevolent God it's Pharaoh's heart hardened if it's the super powerful unmerciful God it's God hardened pharaoh's heart but it's sort of like god is just it's just this all this colossal punishment Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna keep harping on it as we go yeah
1: because it doesn't stop
0: (laughs) it doesn't stop and i and like you with anything women related i am gonna keep calling it out yeah Throughout the whole episode, my dislikes, all the killing and dying of innocence. And I'm going to keep calling that out to um, my likes, uh, the imagery. I loved the image of the dust. Mm-hmm. I, I could tell that was so cool. I could tell oh, in your recap. Yeah, in my recap. Yeah. I probably did a little motion. You with were it too. all about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we should go on YouTube with yeah. this. <laughs> but um, yeah, the image of the dust, that's the magic, even if it's evil.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of evil, which is ironic.
0: Yeah, because it's God. God, that's it for me. All right. What are you thinking? You did.
1: You got a lot from this. I was pretty disappointed to find (laughs) ourselves in this, like. Back and forth. I was a little relieved that we moved away from the like magician dance off that we were in last chapter. And now we've evolved <laughs> into some plagues, even though they're awful. But I was bored. It's repetitive. It's just like these exchanges are the same. It's Moses going to Pharaoh, or I'm sorry, God talking to Moses, Moses going to Pharaoh, Moses going back to God, God hardening Moses or uh, Pharaoh's heart. It's like, ugh, I'm done. I'm done with all that. My question I originally said that I didn't have any questions just because i was like being stubborn and fed up but um you're you know you bring up a good point with the whole hardening of the heart kind of made me think while you were talking like i just wonder what people who believe in this and who this is this is part of their religion like how do you justify it and yeah kind of along the same lines of you as like how do you worship a god that does this (laughs) like it seems petty and crazy it it
0: yeah, so many, so many ways to go about this. Yeah,
1: that don't involve this
0: right way. Yeah, yeah.
1: My likes, as you said, it's visually epic. I can see these things happening, and I think part of it is because I've seen the Ten Commandments movie, and this is part of that. Um, Do you remember? The I Ten remember Ten some movie? things. Yeah, I remember some things very vaguely. Just like I, re- I remember, I most remember things.
0: like talking too much and having to sit on Sister Linda's lap, which does not. <laughs> seem like an okay Okay. thing to be doing
1: nope nope um (laughs) we'll talk about that later (laughs) sister linda yikes okay um yeah i put visually epic literary snooze fest we're nine chapters in and we have been following this format for seven of those chapters I bet
0: the movies make it way more. I thought
1: it was. There's like a obviously a darkness to those movies. It feels really scary at times. I remember, but we'll have to rewatch to get the I don't know. It could be a totally different experience. Yeah. So we'll see my dislikes, the violence, the killing of innocence, God's ego (laughs) tripping hard. And these chapters are long and your girl is tired. That's it for me.
0: Chapter 10. Everybody open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 10, chapter 10.
1: Okay. So God and Moses are back at it again (laughs) to no one's surprise. God explains that he is hardening the heart of Pharaoh so that he can continue to perform signs and miracles to make sure that Moses's grandchildren know how harshly he dealt with the Egyptians (laughs) and so that everyone knows that he is Lord, which seems totally reasonable. Uh, Aaron and Moses go to Pharaoh and ask him how long he's going to refuse to humble himself and let his land crumble around him. They again implore Pharaoh to let the Israelites go so that they can worship God in the wilderness. They tell Pharaoh that if he doesn't let them go, that God is going to cover Egypt in locusts, quote, so thick the ground will be covered in them, unquote. Moses and Aaron leave. And even Pharaoh's officials are like, dude, this is enough. Just let them go. These guys are pests. Can't you see that Egypt is falling apart? So Pharaoh summons him back and tells him that they can go, but he wants to know exactly who will be going. Moses and Aaron say, everyone, the young, the old, women, children, men, even the livestock. And Pharaoh says, okay, absolutely not. Men only. Everyone else can stay. Aaron and Moses aren't having that deal and they leave. The next day, sure enough, the locusts arrive and cover the ground until it is black, just as was promised. They eat all of the remaining crops. It's a big to-do. So Pharaoh summons Moses and Aaron and says, Sorry, please just take the plague away. Aaron and Moses pray to God to take the locusts away. God does, but Pharaoh still won't let anyone go. Then the next plague comes, a plague of darkness. It says... So dark, no one could see anyone else or move about for three days, which sounds terrifying. Uh, The light remained in the land where the Israelites lived, however. So Pharaoh summons Moses and Aaron back and says, "Okay, fine, you can go take your women, take your children with you, but you've got to leave your livestock. Aaron and Moses refuse, saying that they need burnt offerings for their Lord, to which Pharaoh is like, absolutely fucking not. Get out of here. If I see you again, it's going to be the day that you die. So Moses agrees and he says, as you wish, I will never appear before you again. And that's how the chapter ends. Did I miss anything? It's it was a big one.
0: The only the only little thing, just because I'll comment on it, is that this time it says that God says that he has hardened Pharaoh's heart and the heart of his officials.
1: Mm, Yeah. 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 My general impressions here, uh, but we're still in the biggest shark tank debate of all time. Like, deal or no deal, somebody please just make a decision. There's a lot of negotiating happening. Uh, The darkness plague sounds awful and, like, something I would never want to be a part of. Uh, My seasonal depression would not last a day in that situation. And uh, this is, like, a little bit different of an ending to the pattern of chapters that we've, like, we've seen so far because there's like a you'll never see me again and
0: there's drama I'll never be back again yeah, yeah that's what i'm talking about these exclamation points this yeah drama yeah
1: there's some like you know there's some words and pharaoh he's not happy about any of this because they they aren't willing to negotiate a, a lot of terms here there's they they want it all or nothing oh and i i guess another thing that i was kind of surprised about with this chapter is i'm like shocked that the bible didn't just move on when the med could leave like I was fully like, mm. something to be like, okay, we'll come back for those ladies later. But no, they they stuck right. they held they held on to that. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, it's like there wasn't any room for negotiations. Like maybe that could have been a next step. I didn't even think of that. But like, well, let's get the men and then maybe we can all plan together and come up with something. I don't think
1: that would have worked out kindly for the women anyways. But yeah, who who knows? Uh, My questions. (laughs) This might sound silly, but I really didn't know what a locust was. I had to do a quick little Google search. It's just like a grasshopper of sorts. Right. And this isn't really a question. But I think it's really interesting that in the beginning of this chapter, God kind of admits that this is all for clout. Like, he's like, yeah, I want your grandchildren to know, like, this is how powerful I am. You know, generations and generations are going to know how I dealt with these Egyptians, which just seems like adds a whole other level of ridiculousness to this. Now, again, I want to be mindful that like we're talking about Israelites who were enslaved and like. That is not to take away from the severity of that. But I feel like this could have been handled. If you're God, there's a million ways to handle this that aren't this and aren't what you're about to hear in the next couple chapters too. So just my, my thoughts on that. My likes, again, I'm digging deep on this, but I like that women were kept as part of the deal. I'm glad they didn't leave anybody behind. That would have been really not great. My dislikes is that this is just so much suffering for everyone involved and that the chapters long and repetitive and I'm like, "Oh, I'm over it." I'm right. Over this. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready for them to be on their way. I'm ready for some some new developments it's to happen. It's yeah. So, yeah. what do you got?
0: So, my first impression with the so that your children will know and your grandchildren will know, it just really made me think of and my gay boys know what's up here. It just really made me think of designing women. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. know. You have know what no you. Yeah, idea. Have no you don't idea. even. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Nope. nope. You don't even. I know did the have show? A, I
1: had a designing women themed birthday party, where we all wore power suits and dressed up like designing women. But I never watched an episode of that show in my whole life.
0: Why would you have a? The it, does, it doesn't. not even. Exp- yeah, we'll go yeah. off the record okay. with that. All right. All right. I'm gonna. <laughs> Ooh, I do really feel the need to explore that more, but uh, <laughs> That's I don't off the even record. know. But anyway, yeah. in one of the first season episodes, Dixie Carter, who plays Julia Sugarbaker, she's got her sister, Suzanne, who's played by Delta Burke, who was this beauty pageant queen. And they're at some beauty pageant and there's a woman, Julia Sugarbaker, overhears this woman making fun of Suzanne. And so Julia Sugarbaker like closes the door and she reads this woman and she tells this woman the story of like Suzanne's Miss Atlanta win of what happened that she had this flaming baton and that baton twirled in the air and that baton was on fire and it went out and it knocked power grids out and people (laughs) stood and they clapped while tears streamed their faces. And then she says, and that Marjorie. Just so you know, and so that one day your children will know, is the night the lights went out in Georgia. And so the fact that he's like, your children will know and your grandchildren will know and all the lights literally go out oh, yeah. in, in Egypt. That's great. So it was the night the lights went out in Egypt.
1: I feel the need to preface that it wasn't necessarily like a power suit, but more... <laughs> More like leisure wear, you know, like with pearls and like like Florida grandma
0: outfits, you know? Yeah, but like, that feels more golden girl. Well, like, you know, I was 22. Yeah. Dan, yeah. So. You were playing with references that you nope. did not understand. Nope. Yeah. So that's my big reference for that chapter. I did know Pharaoh seems open to negotiations. Right? Yeah. Like, which is more than I'll give Putin right now. Real Putin or my God version of Putin that I'm grappling with in my head here. The darkness, so creepy and upsetting. I was like, why didn't everybody just go blind? Does that just mean everybody went blind?
1: That's a good question. But
0: I'm like, what's well, creepier? Like this crazy darkness setting in that you're basically blind or going blind. And then the darkness creeping in and just taking over everything reminded me of the nothing from the never ending story. I don't remember that at all. We need, I I just, we need to educate you. We need to <laughs> Designing really women, design never ending women story. and then the never ending story. Uh, yes. Come on. But other than that, I've had the same general impressions that I've had for like the last five chapters for most of Exodus at this point, and this is the chapter where I noted that sometimes the Bible highlights how the Israelites are protected and sometimes not. So in this version, it's pointed out that the Israelites are protected from the darkness, but it does not state that they were protected from the locusts. I guess we're just going to assume I thought it that did. they are, but no, there. I double-checked. There was no language in there that said "But the Israelites will be free from the locusts. From the darkness, definitely.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: The officials' hearts being hardened, that sentence just didn't make sense to me because I didn't feel like their hearts were hardened. They keep going and saying, we got to stop this. Like, this has got to come to an end. Like, you have got to give in to these people. You've got to give in to their God. So I don't think that their hearts are hardened, and they do that at the end of this chapter very specifically. So I don't have a big question, but locusts. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about locusts because locusts are very upsetting. I did not have to research this. Locusts were here in the U.S. They would be um, cicadas, grasshoppers. They're all the same, but they're all different. Yeah, they're all like within the same realm of things. But I learned a lot about grasshoppers. The beginning of the pandemic, I Binge listened to all of the Little House on the Prairie books by Laura Ingalls Wilder. They're all narrated by Cherry Jones, Big Les, Cherry Jones. Oh, really? Yeah. She does such a great job. All narrated by Cherry Jones, and there are several chapters on grasshoppers. So in the midst of my Little House book binge, I then went and read a memoir about Laura Ingalls Wilder by Carolyn Frazier called Prairie Fires, which was really, really, really good because it's sort of like this fictionalized version of what Laura's writing versus what this lady's like telling yeah. the truth about these people and some of the not so great things that they did and are responsible for. But um, in any case, the the cicadas, the locusts, it's, it's a very real thing. They are extremely destructive. Mm-hmm. They will destroy entire crops. They will eat through clothing. They will sometimes eat, get through wood and destroy your home. So I mean, they will kill people. Mm-hmm. They will ki- you will die from, from this experience so this is not from
1: them eating your resources or from do they eating your resources
0: i mean i don't (laughs) know if they can eat you but basically you're like you're like living out on a prairie with nothing else around right yeah like this is a natural disaster that's going to cause destruction and and famine so it's a really real thing The, the the pilgrims like in the 1600s when this was first encountered because they were so biblical and religious they really you know thought that this was
1: something to, yeah, this yeah. was a plague.
0: This was one of God's plagues. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got a real rich history in America. They come, they, Bury their little babies for 17 years. They reemerge.
1: 17 years. Yeah, we years. had a
0: huge poppy. We had 4 billion of them running around. How do you
1: know so because much?
0: Because I'm obsessed. Ever since then, I'm obsessed with locusts. But we had 4 billion of them running around the US in 2021. It is, it's no joke. And when you're living in an, an agricultural society, sure, sure. it's a really big problem. So. That is my, that's my, that's my spiel on grasshoppers, cicadas, locusts, whatever you want to call them. My dislikes, same as I'm just disliking everything that I have already said. Um, I just really liked the drama, the drama and the dialogue here. Pharaoh, get away from me. He says that. Get away from me. Exclamation point. Like, okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: I love how too. It's just like Aaron and Moses, who are biblically described as just like idiots. Well, not so much Aaron, but Moses is just like
0: yeah, like Moses is not like this. Yeah, I still, he's you know, I'm still interested in his journey. He's coming totally. into his own. We we've got some time. We've got a lot of time left with <laughs> we do with Moses. We'll see him get. He'll get there. Yeah, he'll get there. Chapter 11 the just it's it's a, almost a pointless chapter. The summary here, God says that he's going to bring one more plague to Egypt and Pharaoh and then Pharaoh will let everybody go. God instructs Moses to ask all of their Egyptian neighbors for a piece of silver and a piece of gold. We learn here that the Egyptian people favor the Israelites and that they regard Moses as a great man. Moses then tells Pharaoh that at midnight God will go through the land and kill every firstborn person and every firstborn animal. There will be a loud cry throughout the land such as there has never been before, but not a dog shall growl at the Israelites. Then all of your officials will come and bow low and say, leave us and take your people with you. But God continues to harden Pharaoh's heart at this news and he does not let the people go. That's it. It's a setup for what's coming next. My general impressions just okay, we're talking about k- killing firstborns, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot of people that are being targeted that have nothing to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is our point, biggest gripe of right. the whole. And, and at yeah. this point, they're being targeted. Yep, yeah, I don't, I, my likes, my dislikes, I don't have any likes. My dislikes are the same thing that I've been saying yeah. for the past 45 <laughs> chapters. So I'm not even going to spend airtime on it. That's it. All right. That's it for me.
1: Yeah, there was some parts of this, and I don't know if it maybe is different in, in your annotated version, but I felt like there was like some time warps in this. Oh, all of
0: these have time warps Well, in them. this
1: was like specific because it... it it made it sound like it was happening in the present, and then later we're going to find out that they're, we're going to revisit this and there's some more clarity on it, but I'll get to it. My general impression, it's finally a shorter chapter. I was like really happy to see this little... Little paragraph here. But then Uh, you turn the page. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, hold on, hold on everybody. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so there's some new constructs here. Finally, that we're not in the, the midst of this back and forth exchange between Pharaoh and Moses and Aaron and God. I put this must be a piece together, time warp chapter, sort of maybe. And I put like, this is a gnarly plague, Like, and this goes against any kind of understanding that I thought I knew about what people seek in God and religion. I, I want to be really cautious to not undermine the fact that like Pharaoh is enslaving like mm-hmm. 600,000 plus people yeah, right yeah. now. Like he is in no way excused for this behavior. Yeah, I'm just thinking if I'm going to believe in a God, I want my God to be able to take care of that without resorting to these behaviors.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, oh, I have no sympathy for Pharaoh. No. Like I have no I'm not worried about him. No,
1: but it just seems like a really inefficient way to deal with a problem. If right. you're God, if if you have all this power, then why can't you solve this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right?
1: Quicker, right. quicker well, and more you're, efficiently. You're dra- he's
0: dragging it out. Yeah. Is what he's cuz we don't know Pharaoh could Pharaoh could have come around 6 chapters ago and been like, "All right, I get it. You got power. Totally. Take them
1: totally. And but- we see this in the earlier chapters too. That like the more like heated Pharaoh gets, the more punishment the Israelites are getting. And I'm wondering, like, does that continue? Because I would be pissed.
0: <laughs> more punishment the Egyptians. Yeah, are getting. Are get,
1: no are giving are then thrusting onto the Israelites. That happens in the beginning of the chapter when mm. they first come to them and propose this. And then Pharaoh's like doubles down on everything, makes them go find their own uh, straw. Remember? Oh, right. A little so, bit.
0: But here they're giving them silver and gold.
1: Well, yeah. And that's yeah. that's something that I had questions about. So questions. Yeah. Like why are what's up with the silver and gold thing? It, we touch on it a little later, but still like not super. I don't have a lot of clarity on it. What do people who believe in the Bible have to say about this? I did a little deep dive on this one to figure out like how this is taught in Sunday school. And I found like so many weird, like if you ever, if you could Google any chapter of the Bible and find the Sunday school version lesson of this, this one has like a really creepy suggestion to have the children act out the plagues as if they're reporting them on the news. Um, (laughs) And then it says, drive it home. How is your heart? Pharaoh's heart was hard. He refused to see how powerful God is. He would not accept that God was the one true God. He would not obey God or follow God. And because of that hard heart, Pharaoh and all the Egyptian people had to suffer a great deal. And I'm like, did they,
0: though? Yeah, it doesn't. And that's the thing. I don't think I took the same exact angle as you you did about, like, what's the Sunday school version of this? But everyone was ignoring the fact that God is hardening Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. This is the clincher to it all.
1: Yeah, because it says Pharaoh's heart was hard. Just, yeah.
0: yeah, he's yeah. doing all of this just to drag it all out and make this guy suffer just to show him without a shred of a doubt. He's like, I don't even want you to let my people go, but not have you believe that I'm the most powerful.
1: Yeah, I found this, this last little clip that I'll, or this little blurb that I'll read that says, The Bible is filled with strange occurrences and odd events. The people of God were enslaved in Egypt. So God brought 10 plagues upon the land through these plagues, like frogs filling the country and gnats rising from the dust. God displays his power, shows his love for his people and proved that he is the one true God. And I just didn't like it's I don't know. I think it's like a weak argument. So (laughs) my likes are that this is short. My dislikes pain and suffering to fulfill God's ego. Not into it. Yeah, not into it.
0: Yep, it's a real downer. <laughs> this, these chapters are not fun. No, it it
1: it doesn't get better. I either, just
0: thought so. that Exodus was going to be this really exciting journey, and it's like, well, hold on. S- should let go of expectation. Yeah. Exodus did not meet my expectations.
1: <laughs> Chapter twelve. I'm gonna do my best, everybody. So. Just be gracious with me here. I'm. It's a long, I did this in between clients today, chapter. and I am. I did my best. So God tells Moses and Aaron that on the tenth day of the month, all Israelites must take a lamb for their family. The lamb must be at least one year old, male, and without defect. They are to take care of the lamb for four days after that tenth day. So on the fourteenth day, this is where this would put us. All the Israelites need to slaughter their lambs at twilight. After this is done, they need to put the blood of the lamb on the door frames of their homes and roast the lamb for dinner. There's a lot of rules that go into this. I'm going to do my best here. So the entire lamb needs to be eaten that night or they also, (laughs) you got to
0: Please. No, I just, I wrote the, I wrote the same thing. I was just like lots of, lots of dining rules, like lots Lots of, of, lots of
1: rules. I'm going to go through them all. So yeah, lamb needs to be consumed all in the same night or they have to burn the remains. Uh, They're allowed to share with their neighbor. If their neighbor doesn't have a big enough lamb or I don't know, there's some kind of quantity rule there. Um, They also need to eat the lamb in haste with their cloak tucked into their belts and their sandals on with their staff in hand staff is the, you know, walking stick. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That would be a different dinner. So the Lord goes on to say that on that night, he will sweep through the land of Egypt and kill every firstborn of peoples and animals, but not... Hang
0: on, really important... It must be eaten with unleavened bread and bitter oh, I'm, herbs. Oh, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. Well, I think, yeah, they go over it two or three times. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have the herb part. So yeah, it needs to be eaten with the unleavened bread and, and bitter herbs, you said? Mm hmm. Okay. So the Lord goes on to say that on that night, he will sweep through the land of Egypt and kill every firstborn of people and animals, but not the people who have the lamb blood on their doors, as this will designate the Israelites. God goes on to say that this is a day that they will commemorate for generations to come and celebrate in lasting ordinance with the Lord. There's rules about the bread and yeast and specific periods of time that the yeast can and cannot be in the home. Uh, There's also rules about holy days. Uh, People, you know, aren't allowed to work except for to prepare food. After hearing this, Moses summons the elders and lets them know what God has told him. He ends by saying that, quote, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians, end quote. Then at midnight, the Lord struck down on all the firstborn in Egypt and there was, quote, loud wailing in Egypt for there was not a house without someone dead, end quote. During the night, Pharaoh summons Moses and Aaron and tells them basically to GTFO <laughs> uh, or else they're all going to die. So all the Israelites, they take their yeastless dough They ask the Egyptians for their silver and gold and clothing, which they receive, and then head out of Egypt towards Succoth. It says that in this journey, there are over 600,000 men on foot, and that doesn't include the women and children and livestock that they brought with them. Uh, They survive on yeastless bread on this journey. And then the Bible goes on to explain the Passover meal. Uh, And these are, I made some bullet points here for this. So no foreigner can eat it. Slaves can eat it only after you circumcise them, but a temporary resident or hired worker cannot eat it. It must be eaten inside of the house. No meat is allowed outside of the house. Bones cannot be broken on the meat. The whole community of Israel must celebrate it. And no uncircumcised male can eat Any, anything. There's a lot. so
0: I, I think you covered it. I think I, maybe some things about the unleavened bread when they leave Egypt. Well, first he makes this, God makes this whole big deal about like, when you eat this, you have to eat it with unleavened bread. And when you, when you have this day of remembrance, you're going to celebrate this day. For generations to come, and you're always going to have unleavened bread with it. And then it goes on when it tells the story of them leaving Egypt that they don't have time so, when they're, yeah. they're they grab the silver and the gold from their that their neighbors gave them, and they also grab their dough, which is still unleavened. It hasn't had time to, to rise or to leaven. So that's what they're left to work with. And so they go out and they can only eat this unleavened bread, which is sort of like this God foreshadowing why they're gonna always eat unleavened bread. It's all like what's the Passover meal all about? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yes, that is important because I have a question about that later. Okay. So my general impression here, like finally a little mixing up of the chapter structures here. It's long and crazy. This is horrible. (laughs) This is horrible. Um when it when it says what's the quote here? It says there was loud wailing in Egypt for there was not a house without someone dead, like horrible. Yeah. That is just a, I don't know. It made me kind of upset. Mm-hmm. That's what I have for general impressions. I could go on a lot on this, but yeah. there's so much content here, but basically just like horrible. Uh, but yeah. great that the Israelites are on their way out of, out of slavery. Wish that it could have been another way, but sometimes, you know, revolutions are messy. My question, uh, this is Passover. Yeah, <laughs> I put uh, yeah. I, I get Passover and like the Last Supper confused. But now I know that this is this is Passover. Oh, very different. It's very yeah. different. Yeah. Also, I've had Passover dinner with friends before and I didn't follow those rules. So sorry. Uh, I put what's up with the bread rules. They say there wasn't enough time. Right. Yeah. But also God instructs them not to have the yeast in their house for this many days. But is that after the fact thing or is that like because i couldn't tell what was being instructed ahead of time and what was being commemorated yeah, it was a little murky yeah. i think
0: it's all just geared towards those sort of explanatory things this is why we do this right like sure yeah
1: sure but i was a little confused on that reading it as you know yeah yeah a newcomer here
0: understandable so and
1: i just put i'm too tired for questions reading this chapter was work and i did the summary and i'm proud of myself so i'm gonna let dan ask questions uh my likes i thought it was kind of cool i think this is the first holiday Mm. that we've seen in Mm. the bible yeah which is kind of cool because like religious holidays are a big deal like passover i know what passover is my jewish friends have passover dinner and we participate in that and it's great. But yeah, a holiday. I like that the Israelites are free, uh, but what a price the Egyptians had to pay. You know, the Egyptians that maybe did not have a hand in this makes me feel a little icky. Uh dislikes this is the worst killing the firstborn of every household is super extreme.
0: Yeah, my general impressions uh this just 100% the same. It's just it's hard to I mean, yeah, 600,000, that's no joke. And I also wondered if that 600,000 did that include women? No, right. They so that was no. six hundred thousand men. So figure there's close to a million people, mm-hmm. right? This is close to a million people.
1: This is ex- this is the exodus.
0: But yeah. I just said this is hard to reconcile their freedom with the killing of these people, some of whom are children and babies. Most right? of them. I well, mean, yeah. I guess yeah. 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 So it's just it, it's a really complicated thing for me. This chapter was real into doing the repetitive thing. It's like, we get it. I'm glad you glossed over that. Uh, Thank you. Um, We on this podcast, we talk so often about like Christian perspectives, but this is so Jewish. Yeah. Right Like this is Passover. this is the Seder. I'm curious when you've had pa- I've never had Passover dinner with friends. When you've had Passover dinner, did they do like the whole thing like the readings and the questions? I get the- I I'm
1: terrible and I get the I get the holidays confused. I just I have a lovely friend who makes amazing meals and we just we, we celebrate that way. Nothing is by right. the by the book.
0: Okay. yeah,
1: literally by the book but i think
0: yeah well this it's interesting because this episode will probably drop right around passover either that week or the week after i feel like because it's it's the 15th of of april so it should be we should be coming up on it. The only Passover seder I went to was through school through Professor Judith Weinman, oh, yeah. who we've talked about in our and during last season, and it was a social justice seder. You know, at the time, I did a little bit of research and did a little bit more research today, and a lot of people do. A lot of um, Jewish communities do use seder with a social justice perspective in mind, thinking about things like freedom. Thinking Mm -hmm. about oppression and slavery. And that's what a lot of the messaging around the Seder is. Um, for their history and their story, right? So now it's like, well, how do we move that forward and think about all of our... Mm-hmm. Um, Collective. Yeah, where, where we are now. But the dinner is pretty cool. Like, you know, there's all this, like, symbolic food. Yeah, and we
1: never did that. Something but...
0: goes with it. Like, the bitter herbs is to remind you of the bitterness of slavery. The unleavened bread is... The, the matzah is the unleavened bread, which mm-hmm. this is all that they could eat and, you know, it's a representative of What conditions were like the salted egg or something like that is is representative of suffering or the tears of suffering. Mm -hmm. It's 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 really beautiful and really interesting, but I just don't get the God thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I right. If I were to prescribe to a religion, I would need more of like uh if this is god and he's all powerful then like like i said there's more efficient ways
0: but there are great things that we can do with these traditions oh for sure i love i love like restructuring or refashioning tradition to like suit who you are Mm -hmm. right to Mm -hmm. keep that connection to your history and to your past but also say you know what, there are these things about it that aren't right. So I'm going to focus on, you know, and say a prayer for oppression. Mm -hmm. So they do like these four questions in the social justice or in the, in the Seder, like usually the youngest child asks, why did they eat unleavened bread? And then they go into the story. Why did they only have this? And they go into the story. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times at a social justice Seder, it will be bigger questions that are just up for discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, why are women treated the way that they are Mm -hmm. and how can we help and how can we say a prayer right now? Yeah. I think that's great. It's great. And it's also a a reflection on and a celebration of a people's transition from Slavery to Freedom. So it's just, it's in springtime. It's a time of transition. It's a time of reemergence. Mm-hmm. You know, the Christians celebrate, like, the transition and reemergence of Christ. Jews are celebrating the transition and reemergence of their people. I just think it's, it's, just I like when things come together like that. It's really cool to me. My dislikes, God's tactics. My likes, the tradition of this observance, which has collectively been derived from this story I've, I've never i've never read it before like no. i've i've had so many so much exposure to all of these things yeah. but i've never been like oh okay yeah that's why i like think the, the unleavened bread thing was really popping out to me i was like oh i gotta make a point of that because i've had matzah right <laughs> <laughs> we get it we, we get, get it. it i've had matzah yeah so but yeah good job i mean that was a that was a hefty chapter i don't have questions for this chapter, I thought that despite its length and its attention to detail, it all made sense. Yeah, and it's
1: a welcomed conclusion yeah. to this part of the story.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, like I didn't have for any of these chapters with the with the marvels or the plagues or whatever you want to call them. I, I didn't really have specific questions, just like these really big general questions mm-hmm. about like, how do you reconcile all of this? Yeah. How do you love this God, how do you how do you read this? How do you read this these Bible passages and think, well that's okay. How do you be a pro-lifer and also read about God killing babies, babies and infants? Yeah.
1: I never thought about and, it like that. Yeah. And
0: be okay with that.
1: It's really complicated. It's so yeah.
0: complicated. And I'm not like, I'm not putting people down about it. I'm just, I really want to know. I don't want to hear the like packaged thing that you.
1: Well, like the Sunday school ta- version. Yes. Of this. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. want to
0: hear that. I yeah. want to hear what, you know, what did you think? Hey, if you are a believer and you're listening to this, let, let me know. Yeah, we're always genuinely open. curious. I'm always yeah. open, genuinely yeah. curious.
1: But I do, you know, the thing that's interesting about this chapter, as as we both just kind of touched on, is that like we're kind of getting into familiar ish territory in the sense that like starting to see. I think Ad- the Adam and Eve story is something that we can see a lot in pop culture. We talked a lot about that last season and those kind of themes. But this is like, like I said, this is the first. I think it's the first holiday. I don't think we've encountered a holiday. That we would be familiar with today.
0: Well, things also are just getting more and more real. When we think back to Adam and Eve, we're like, oh, well, clearly it's a myth. Right. Clearly it's like, but this is like, we're talking like. The history of a people. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking the history of the people. We're talking about the destruction of a people. We're, we're. Yeah. We're talking about holidays that we still. See. See. And observe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's wild. Yeah. We're kind of like, this is kind of a, actually, uh, I didn't think about that, but this is, this is part of our day to day. Yeah. In some senses, you know. Yeah. So cool. That was unexpected.
0: I know. These were <laughs> I, I mean, I am done yeah. with these. Um
1: The Pharaoh back and forth. Fair, yeah. yeah. Oh
0: gosh. Yeah. Happy to be,
1: happy to be out. I think this journey takes like I think it takes like two hundred years, but I could be completely wrong. I don't know if I'm gathering this from something else, but I think we're gonna be in the desert for like know. a minute. I know that
0: they were enslaved for four hundred and thirty years. Yeah,
1: maybe I'm getting that mixed right? up, but we're we'll see. Yeah. We'll we'll find out very quickly. Next week, chapters. 13
0: through 16. 16. I can't count. Social workers are not known for their math skills. No, no, we're not.
1: yeah, 13 through 16, join along, read along if you so desire, or we'll just do it for you. And that's kind of the beauty of this.
0: All right. I am wiped. (laughs) This wiped me out. I hope y'all are doing okay at home. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Dan. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And listen, wherever you're following this podcast, whether it be Apple or Spotify, please like download continue to follow us tell your friends you can also follow us on instagram at gay with a bible pod we'd love for you to be part of the conversation leave us messages ask questions be involved we would really love for this to be a community experience thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time